Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, life and confidence coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence, own your self-worth, and to elevate all areas of your life. Join me for soulful yet straight-talking chats with epic humans, juicy DNMs with me, and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best vision of yourself and live a life you truly love and deserve. Are you with me? Here we go. Hello and welcome back to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I am your host Evie and today I am joined by a very special guest talking all things human design. Please let me introduce you to Kat Skreiner. She is an energetic business strategist and human design guide who works with heart-centered entrepreneurs seeking to embody their unique design to achieve more ease, flow and abundance in their personal and professional lives. She fuses her 14 plus years in digital marketing with human design and gene keys to help clients catapult their business success and drive impact into their business through the integration and embodiment of their unique energetic gifts. She works with clients to create more intentional business, one that is aligned with their design and that allows them to share their greatness with the world in a way that feels easy, fun and abundant. I know you're going to just love this interview today. If you haven't heard about human design or you've got a little inkling or heard about it somewhere but are still curious to find out more, this is a wonderful episode. It's more of an introduction to human design where you can learn more about the different energy types, strategies, and where you can find out your own human design. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce the one and only Kat Skreiner. Hello, beautiful Kat, and welcome to the podcast. It's so, so good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, pleasure. I feel like this podcast has been a long time in the making. We were meant to be doing this um, a couple of months ago. Hey, so it feels really good to finally be here recording and talking all things human design. Absolutely. All good things can wait. The universe has its own way of working out our timing. Yeah, so beautiful. I totally agree. So, Let's start us off by telling me a bit about your favorite quote and why, just a dose of inspiration to get us going. Absolutely. I, um, it's a quote I believe is attributed to Einstein. There seems to be a little bit of conjecture, but it is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I, I think I originally came across this quote, I think it might have been one of my grandmother's favourite quotes and um, she was very inspiring to me and I think throughout my career I've kind of hit hit points where I've kind of gone hang on this is a little bit of insanity in action so yeah kind of really it's always kind of really hit home um, as a reminder to to try to try new things and that um, you know good things come from trying new things and not just repeating those same old patterns. 
Oh, I love that. That's so interesting. Mm. And maybe a really nice segue into this uh, next question. And that's just to tell um, the listeners a little bit about yourself, Kat, and how you've journeyed into now doing human design. Like what led you here? Absolutely. So I am a career marketer. I've spent kind of my, my, basically my whole career, 20 years or so in marketing and kind of specialized in digital marketing for around 15 of those years. And last year I made the huge, huge decision to completely, um, I don't know if you could even call it a pivot, but I guess it was a pivot from digital marketing into human design. And human design had been something that was on my radar for quite some time. And I, like a lot of people, had a reading done and then it started popping up everywhere. And the reading that I had done was so insanely spot on. It was um, a bit wild to me that someone could tell me all of these things about myself, some things that I'd never really even verbalised to other people or really um, perhaps recognised fully in myself and I, I felt very seen. So I was I was thrilled with that reading and I was at, at the time I still had my digital marketing business and it all made very, it, it all still made a lot of sense. And then I started to get these signs I guess from the universe and and human design kept popping up in various forms I was obviously going down the rabbit hole on Instagram and and really trying to learn as much as I could because it it just felt so interesting to me and I um I I ended up making the decision that I wanted to study human design so I found um you know I found a, a certification that was a really great fit for me and yeah, I, I I kind of jumped straight in and I, I was at the point in my business, in my digital business, that I I really recognised that it, it did not light me up. And when I was really, really honest with me, I don't think it, it had actually ever really, well, for a long time, it hadn't been lighting me up. And I was very much running on <laughs> perhaps the the good vibes of doing a good job for clients, being, you know, being good at what I was doing. Also the constant kind of changing nature of digital marketing. It always kind of kept kept me intellectually engaged. But if I was really honest with you, it it didn't light me up. It wasn't my soul's purpose. It wasn't my passion. It was just something that I was good at. And to kind of come to terms with that was a little bit um a bit shocking. And I yeah it 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 was a very big transition to make but it felt so I I'd never felt so confident about making a decision and it was because I was actually listening to to my body I knew more about obviously how human design works at that stage and I was making decisions that were aligned for me and things were really starting to make so much more sense than they ever ever really had so I yeah, I trusted my body for once and I listened to the signals and I, I listened to the and I re- was responding to the signs from the universe and I actually, yeah, completely did away with my digital marketing business towards the end of last year and now focus solely on human design. Oh, I love that story. I got goosebumps halfway. That's so fascinating and so, so interesting. Thank you for sharing and keeping it really real and um 
honest and sharing that it wasn't really what you what lighted you up before and and this was a beautiful example of deeply trusting in yourself and your in your intuition or your sacral response yes, I'm assuming sacral. <laughs> I am sacral through and through so I I had to trust my gut and I I, I think it made me realize all of the kind of big decisions that I'd made that had been made with my mind and the ones where I knew there was something off about a situation or a decision but I just I I didn't trust my gut or that feeling um and I actually made the decision to um, commit to the the certification that I that I have done when I was deep in a, a in a very long breathwork workshop, and you know breathwork was still very new to me. But I, I kind of came armed with a, a couple of questions that I wanted some some guidance on, and I was very deep in this practice uh, during this workshop. And I I asked, I, I just said, am I am I supposed to be following these nudges towards human design? And the response was this full body. Full body, yes, that a lot of people talk about in human human design, but I felt like I was plugged into to the electricity in the wall. I had so much energy, and I was like I was fizzing, like I was f- like just you know I was shaking, I was fizzing, but in a really good, positive way. I was like, okay, I got the message. I'm listening to you, body. It's good. <laughs> we're good now. We're we're connected again. So I think. I think for a long time I'd, I'd been very disconnected. I was just going through the motions. I was doing a good job. I was doing all the things I should be doing as a mum, as a business owner, as a wife. Um, and, yeah, I wasn't actually doing anything that I was very passionate about. Um, and that's I'm so grateful that I've been able to find that. Yeah. And how does it feel now? feels amazing like it's really (laughs) I I honestly thought that people who had found their purpose or um you know who who kind of got to do what lit them up every day I kind of felt like it was a bit of a myth it felt so untouchable to me and it felt so out of reach to me back when Mm. I was you know in the trenches of my previous business and I I didn't know that there was a way that out of that like I once I kind of came to that realization I was like oh okay and I feel so blessed that you know this human design kind of fell into my lap essentially but really it didn't because it was meant for me and the further I kind of go into my design experiment and really learn about my own unique design I'm I'm just blown away by all the ways that this is really the right calling for me and it came at just the right time as well like it was in the height of kind of COVID the world was falling apart but I personally had needed something quite quite big to really kind of jolt me out of the the reality of of not being happy with with where my career was going it I did need that big change and I'm um yeah feel very grateful that I was given an opportunity to kind of wake up a little bit yeah totally and just another little quick question on your Mm. journey because it's just so fascinating has it been all smooth sailing since you made that transition or has there been some doubt or some inner critic or mind stuff that's come up for you there was definitely a lot of ego that came up when I um had to make the decision to essentially shut down a 
profitable, successful business and that Mm. fear around am I going to be able to replace that income with a, a complete, you know, a completely new business, business model. Um, it, I, yeah, and it did take a lot of courage to not be known for something that I'd been known for for so many years, but that was also mm-hmm. in, in so many more ways what I needed. I needed a fresh start. I needed to to really step into something brand new to to be able to really um, feel alive again, I think. And it was really funny because previously whenever I, um, you know, whenever someone would approach me for work, I would find it really hard, even if it wasn't really something that I was, you know, really keen to work on, a project that I really wanted to take on board or something that I really wanted to do, I always found it really hard to say no and I always found it really hard to refer business on to other people I just for some reason I just had this really hard time doing that and then as soon as I'd made this decision that I was going in a new direction all of that was so easy I was like I'm sorry I no longer do that all the very best it's and I felt like previously it was my personal responsibility to like handhold someone to someone else and and make sure they had a good experience where it's not my responsibility I can refer someone to someone else and they need to do their due diligence. I, I just felt so responsible for those referrals. And then I was like, no, it's all good. Now I have absolutely no problem <laughs> with recommending other people. I feel very confident to say no. Um, and it just, yeah, it, and it's because this is what's aligned for me. And this yeah. this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I and I really now recognize how much stuff I was doing that didn't light me up that drained me and I can really clearly um you know feel that in my body now like an email if an email lands in my inbox that I don't want to do the stomach will drop I'll go no not for me thanks so much for thinking of me I'd love to refer you to xyz or something like that so it's made that self-trust um it's really helped me exercise my self-trust as well as my boundaries. I didn't have many boundaries to begin with. <laughs> so I've, I've really kind of been working on that as well. And I think when you are doing what you're meant to be doing and what you're very passionate about, it's easy to say no to the other stuff because you're very clear on what your mission is and how you're, how you're here to help people. Yeah, totally. So good. Thank you so much for sharing. So fascinating. Let's dive into all things human design now. So let's start off with like, what is human design and how did it come to be? Absolutely. So human design is, it's it's almost a um, a derivative system. So it, it, it has a number of um, systems that it draws from. So the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah Tree of Life, the chakra system. Um, there's also the astrology, um, so kind of Western astrology it, it typically draws from. And then it kind of, you know, uses various, you know, elements of those modalities and also incorporates um, quantum mechanics and biochemistry and neuroscience. So essentially what, what happens is when you are born, you are imprinted with the energy and um, the yeah, so you get your imprint of energy, and that takes into account where the planets were. So that's the astrology kind of influence that's coming in there, 
And essentially, it's a little bit like a personality test, but on steroids. So it's it gives us this um, energetic roadmap, essentially, where our strengths lie, how we're designed to live, live with more ease and flow and abundance, um, where our shadows are, where our conditioning may be, um, what our purpose is. It shows us all of the, you know, so multi-layered and it can show us all of this without us having to answer a hundred multiple choice questions. So if you've ever done a personality test, and I, I have to admit, I've done them all. I love them all. And I was always like, oh, what archetype am I? Like, you know, always trying to figure myself out through the lens of a personality test. And if you think about those tests that you may have done in the past, you're always answering them to some degree in in the highest kind of version of who you would like yourself to be because because you're answering questions, your mind is always going to get involved. And and even if if you're kind of trying to do the, the answer that comes the, the quickest to you or feels the most natural to you, there's always this element of the mind, whereas human design is taking that imprint from the time, place and location of your birth. You don't need to answer any questions. And it's, yeah, it's like a personality test on steroids, but it also gives us that ongoing roadmap that we can really start to learn more about our true selves, how we're designed to interact with other people. From a business perspective, it can help us with understanding where our our strengths are lying, how we're best designed to interact with our team if we have a team or just with our clients, um, how we impact other people with our energy and um, how we are also perhaps susceptible to being impacted by the people around us as well. Mm, thank you for that description. I haven't heard it described in that way, but totally resonates. And I love the that you've pointed out so beautifully that we don't have a say in this. Like mm-hmm. you just put in your birthday and then that's it kind of thing. Because you're so right when we're answering personality tests or like Myers-Briggs stuff, it's like yeah. I feel like we're so either talking from conditioning and maybe that's not our true self mm-hmm. or it's like who do I want to be or or show up as or who do I yeah, who do I think I am, perhaps? Yes. Um, yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. And when we're doing those type of psychometric testing, we've, we've you know, most people have done that um, in a work context, particularly if we are being hired. <laughs> so, you know, mm. most, most corporate roles these days have some element of psychometric testing that you do in maybe the second or the third round interview. So there's always this, you know, it's a highly charged environment that you're doing this testing and like it's almost like it all all hinges on on how you're performing how you're feeling that day without Mm. any um I guess any um taking into account any of the the interaction that you have as a as a human being with other people and how that also affects your energy so it's it's always done in a you know it's kind of a quite quite a siloed um, approach I now kind of see it as it's not I mean it's great tools to have but um, there are tools that feel much more closely aligned to how people actually feel like human design um, that I feel are a little bit um, more easy to perhaps work with and perhaps give greater insight at a personal level without the the you know the mind jumping involved and getting involved and conditioning coming through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So 
I know you kind of said earlier that it sort of human design just sort of landed on your lap, but can you tell us a bit more specifically, how did you kind of find this, come across it and how has it changed your life personally? Obviously it's been huge and so pivotal and literally changed your life, but maybe what are a couple of like key personal things that were really um, like was a highlight or a big standout that you took from it early on when you were sort of just, yeah, testing it all out? I'm pretty sure, and I had I a lot of people have asked me when you when I first kind of discovered it, and I've traced it back <laughs> to a podcast that I was listening to, um, and yeah. that podcast um, interviewed a human design expert, and it was literally the first time I'd ever heard of this, and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And then kind of what started to go down the rabbit hole. And at that point, it was probably a good few months before I had my first reading. And it's, yeah, it just kind of, I think I'd, I'd had my interest piqued by um, listening to this, this podcast and then started following a few people on Instagram and then people that I knew kind of in my circle or people that I knew on Instagram started talking about the fact that they had had a reading done and I was like, ooh, and they'd started talking about some of the elements that, that you know, that had really resonated with them. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. So now I knew someone, you know, I knew people who'd had a reading and could recommend someone for a reading and I was like, oh, great. So I jumped on that and received my reading so I received my reading at the beginning of 2020 very very early on in January um and like I said before it was it was so spot on it was very um you know it was a 16 page report so there was no shortage of information but everything was like really really hit home um, I shared it with my mum and she was like reading through it going, oh, yeah, oh, this is so interesting. Like I don't understand how it all comes together, but this is really interesting and this is so you. And I was like, yes, very, very apt. Um, I think that one of the biggest things that really resonated for me was um, my energy type being a manifesting generator, being multi-passionate, always having a lot of things on the go, being able to multitask. A lot of people think it's a myth, but if you're a manifesting generator, it is absolutely no myth. And um, I think another thing that had really resonated for me was my profile, which is a 3-5. So the the line three is this kind of scientist experimenter um, who kind of gets in there, needs to kind of experience something, and then they can kind of share their experience and then this line five is um, called the mentor. Um, and I've, I've always kind of had a little bit of a combination of the two, particularly that mentor side. Um, I've, I've done a lot of coaching. And even when I was in my digital marketing business, I would, I would often be taking people through quite complex, you know, how to do Facebook ads, you know, quite complex systems and had this kind of knack of making things simple and accessible and kind of, um, easier to learn and and that is one of my um my one of my key gates is and and um I think it's from memory it's gate 23 it's all the the gift of that gate is all about simplicity and really being able to kind of distill down and and kind of crystallize and make things simple and make them accessible 
So there were things that kind of came up in my chart and I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is how I'm, I'm this is how I'm designed. That's, that's good. Like, but it, at that point when I had my reading, I was still applying it to my old business. And um, when I look at things like my incarnation cross now, I am designed to, to share um, new and different concepts with the collective essentially and I'm, I'm designed to really kind of talk about them and explain them over and over again. Um, people are, you know, people need to see things, hear things a number of different times for them to become less of a, um, a new concept and more of a, okay, cool, this is a trend that I'm jumping on or this is something that I'm really starting to get. So it, it's all of that stuff kind of came together and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> And then as I've learned more and more about, um, you know, many of the different elements in my, in my chart, it's, um, and, and with human design, you can start to go back even into the, the conditioning that you start to experience in earlier childhood. And again, all of that has really started to resonate with me. And just those, those patterns that you can tend to perhaps um, suppress or just ignore or just kind of say I've moved on from them but really I may not have moved on from them or I can I can clearly kind of still see those those patterns that, that come through when I'm stressed or overwhelmed and I'm kind of out of alignment um, and the other thing that really drew me to to human design um, was also that ability to really understand my family and my particularly my children and our dynamics so that I can support them um in the best possible way as they grow they're still you know they're still very young but I I felt like there was a huge opportunity for me to be um just more understanding of how they they are designed how we're different as a family how we trigger each other um and yeah just not not that I would kind of sit them down and do a full reading for them but just to understand little little nuances about their design about how we all interact because again it's all energy it's all being exchanged all the time so on a personal front I'm really interested in how I can kind of support my family dynamic moving forward that's so lovely so beautiful so multifactorial and kind of can help so many different things right 100% so where can people find out what they are, what their human design or body graph uh, chart is? Absolutely. So the, the the chart software that I use is geneticmatrix.com and you can do a free chart there. Another good free chart is from myhumandesign.com. Um, but if you just Google human design body graph, there are lots of different options um, that will give you a free chart. Some of them will differ in the level of detail that you get from the chart. But at the very kind of base level, you want to understand your energy type, your um, authority, your themes, so your signature theme and your non-self theme, and your profile. So it tends to be, you know, the, the, the standard baseline information that you're going to get. You'll also get a very complex looking graphic <laughs> that will have, that will look like a body. And we'll have numbers on it. It will have things coloured in. Some things will be white. And then there'll be these channels that kind of connect everything. And that's um, when you're learning human design, that's what you're learning to interpret. So you can learn about all of the um, all of the types and, and all of the authorities. But when you when you learn human design and how to read charts, then you, watch, you obviously learn what a body, you know, 
how to interpret that energy from just looking at that that graphic essentially mm. yeah. and you've seen it it's quite complex <laughs> Yeah, it, it intrigues me so much, as you know. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but yes, I know when I first read it, I was like, oh, what does this mean? I was just thinking it was going to be like a couple of words and this is what I was. But no, it's far more complicated and complex yes. than that. Yes, absolutely. So could you maybe go through each of the energy types um, and maybe some of the key themes of each of those, the signature yes. themes and then maybe the non-self? Absolutely. And the most common type is the generator and generators are around 37% of the population. Um, Generators are here to, they're they're essentially the workhorses of, of the collective, but they are here to work and do things that light them up. So they're not just here to, to get everything done for everyone else at the at the expense of their own pleasure and joy and kind of passion. So generators are built to respond. They are responding from that. They have a, a defined sacral centre, so they're, they're responding from their gut. And they are, so the sacral centre is essentially like a battery. So when a generator is doing something that lights them up, um, that is their kind of, the, the, the craft that they've mastered, they, they tend to, to kind of get quite specialised and, and really go deep in one area of kind of expertise. When they're doing that work, they'll typically find that if it is their true passion, they are energised, they could you know, lock themselves in a room for 12 hours, do this work and still come out and feel, you know, feel, feel tired, but they won't feel physically drained and completely exhausted because when they're doing the things that light them up, that, that sacral battery, that sacral energy is constantly being replenished. When a generator mm-hmm. is doing something that they are not lit up by, that they are not, they're doing something because they think they should be doing it, they're going to find themselves really, really drained by that. So they, they really need to kind of lean into what lights them up. And the, the signature thing for a generator is um, a feeling of satisfaction. So that's their their sign that they're thriving in their alignment. They're they're in alignment with what they're doing, and they feel this great sense of satisfaction. Um, the red flag for a generator when they're out of alignment is this feeling of frustration. So getting frustrated that things are not working, getting frustrated that they're doing all the things that they've been told to do, but things are still not working. And this quite often comes from um, because generators are designed to take action and to to get to get stuff happening they quite often jump into action very quickly they've got lots of energy jump into action really quickly but they haven't waited to respond to really feel into their sacral as as to whether it's something that's energetically correct for them or not sometimes the timing is not right or sometimes it's they've, they've kind of jumped so far in that they are kind of then committed and then feel like they they should keep going with something when it really does not light them up in the slightest. So that's that's a really um, you know quick way for a generator to become unaligned or fall out of alignment. Um, manifestors are around nine percent of the the population. So manifestors are quite unique and they have quite a bold kind of aura. So they are. Typically, the people who who um, have they're typically people who are in leadership positions and really move the collective in new and bold and different 
different directions. So they will have very different, unique, inspirational ideas that they get channeled internally, direct from, from the universe, direct from source, however you want to refer to it. They're not responding to things externally of them. They are literally kind of channeling this divine inspiration and then sharing that with the world. So manifestors are designed to inform and initiate. So they need to be informing people. But informing people is not about asking for permission. It's about essentially making sure that people are on the same page and that they get the support that they need. And then this initiation is really when, you know, a, a manifestor is going to kind of bring something to life and then essentially kind of hand it over to a, genera- a generator or a manifesting generator to actually kind of continue on with it. So they will go through this cycle of having these, um, you know, insanely amazing kind of ideas and um, their, their aura can be quite repelling as well. So they 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 are quite polarizing, and be, this is this is because they have these, um, you know, very strong opinions about things. Basically, can't be told <laughs> when they're when they're into something, they're very into it. When they are not, they drop it like a hot potato and they move on to the next idea. So they are very. Um, they they really need to trust themselves, and um, it takes a lot of self-trust to to go out and bravely share new and different ideas particularly if they are very mm. counterintuitive to to what the rest of the community or what society is kind of really used to um when a manifester is out of alignment their non-self theme is a feeling of anger they get anger at not being kind of um, at people not understanding them not understanding their ideas not understanding their vision um they sometimes get angry because they don't want to be a manifester. They're kind of like, why am I so different? Why do people not get me? Why do I feel really quite, you know, different? Um, but then their their signature theme is this feeling of peace and that, that peace really comes from being understood, from people really following their um, amazing ideas and from, from really kind of recognising their, their unique kind of gift and um, that, that ability to really kind of intuit and channel amazing fresh ideas and, and, and be a true leader. And then we have a hybrid, which is the manifesting generator. And this, in terms of the, the signature and the, the, the non-self themes, this takes from both the manifest and the generator. So manifesting generators are here to respond and then inform. So we're, we're still designed to be responding externally. So to ideas, to um, signs, it might be a synchronicity, it might be someone actually requesting something from you. So you need to kind of respond to things that are external of you, not just the ideas that you have in your mind. And then it's really important for manifesting generators to be informing. And this is, again, about getting the support you need, keeping people on the same page, not asking for permission, but manifesting generators because we we tend to move very quickly. We're multi-passionate. We have many things going on. We tend to skip a lot of steps. So um, this is why it's really critical for us to be informing the people around us <laughs> what we're up to because otherwise they, they kind of are, are left in the dust. <laughs> They're kind of like the manifesting generator, the horse is bolted, they've moved on to something new and other people are just kind of sitting there going, hang on, what just happened? So <laughs> the, the informing is really kind of critical. Keep your communication open um, and allowing a manifesting generator to kind of get the um, support that they need. 
like a manifesto, when someone when, when a manifesting generator is done with something, they're they're done. So you and 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 for for all energy types, but essentially, you know, for for generators and manifesting generators, once we no longer want to be doing something, once it no longer lights us up we need to give ourselves the permission to say, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm, I no longer want to offer that service. I no longer want to be working in that capacity. I no longer want to be doing this because it just does not light me up, um, which can be scary. And it can be, um, yeah, you can feel like you're letting people down. And, and then again, you need to start looking at conditioning and things like that. So with the signature theme for a manifesting generator, we get to feel both peace and satisfaction. And our non-self theme is both anger and frustration. Um, Then we move on to projectors. Projectors are around 20% of the population. Sorry, manifesting generators are about 33%. So basically we, we live in a predominantly generator world. So manifesting generators and generators make up around, you know, 70 to 75% of the population. So it's a very, it's a world that is very geared to a generator, to that work nine to five, work five days a week, at least, um, you know, you have to work hard to be successful, all of that, that kind of stuff. It's very generator energy. Um, and it's, I think, for our generation, it is it is very much how we were brought up, a lot of the conditioning that we have. When we move to the more rare types like um, projectors and manifestors and reflectors, they there is a lot of them are non-energy beings and they they don't have their own energy source and they're not designed to to work a traditional nine to five. They're not designed to hustle to work all day every day. Um, so projectors are around 20% of the population, but then there are five different types of projector that you can be. So it's, it can be quite a, a nuanced energy type. Um, projectors are people who typically have a huge amount of wisdom. They see things very deeply. They see, um, they see opportunities for efficiencies. They see patterns. They, they're typically very good kind of managers and um, they're here to really guide um, either creations or people and really help make things more efficient. So typically um, a projector in business might have perfected their own framework, for example, and then they their, their, their business is geared around them kind of coaching and bringing people through the framework that they have developed around their area of expertise. And depending on the centres that they have defined or undefined, they're going to have a limited capacity to go, go, go. They don't have, they can borrow energy from other energy types, but they don't have this lasting stamina, which which means that projectors should really only push themselves to about 80% of their capacity because they just don't have the same energetic capacity as, as another energy type, like a generator or a manifesting generator. So typically, you know, they're designed to work maybe, depends, between two and kind of four hours a day and then spend the rest of their day kind of, really, um, you know, learning more about their area of expertise or their craft um, or just doing things that really, you know, light them up, that, you know, get them grounded, things that they love to do. So they can work, they can be incredibly efficient, very powerful, but they're not here to exchange time for money. So that can be a huge point of conditioning, particularly for projectors who find themselves in a nine-to-five um, and a traditional work environment and feel very 
very out of place because they 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 can tend to um, prop themselves up with caffeine and try to keep up with the people who are around them. So they, you know, particularly when you're early on in your career, everyone else is kind of putting in the long hours and you, you know, for a projector, this can be really challenging because they're like, they don't physically feel like they can keep up, but they've, they've learned to keep up. But when they actually stop and recognize that they, or when they learn they're a projector and they learn that they have an undefined root center and an undefined sacral center, they're like, of course I have adrenal fatigue <laughs> because I've just been pushing and pushing and pushing for years and years and years and they are not designed to work in that way. So I've done I've done a lot of readings for projectors who have their own businesses and um, it, seems, it seems to be quite a, a common energy type for someone who has their own business. But um, a couple of them have actually, you know, they've been halfway through kind of doing their reading or... Um, and, and they sent me an email and said, oh, my God, I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue only, you know, only just before Christmas. And I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense because when you're out of alignment in a particular area of your body as it relates to the energy center, that for a prolonged period of time, it's going to cause physical discomfort and even illness that as it relates to that organ or that gland in the body. And the root center is the one that deals with the adrenals. And that adrenaline pressure and that pressure to get things done or that pressure to feel free of the pressure as well. And then we have our very rare reflectors and that's only 1% of the population. They, um, When you look at their body graph, they have all of their centres undefined, which means they are constantly picking up the energy and amplifying the energy from around them. So the people that they are around or the environment that they are in, they are amplifying all of that energy back. So it can be quite overwhelming to be a reflector it can be quite um, energetically kind of draining because you're picking up all of everybody else's energy and it's very easy when you're when you have an open center to identify with someone else's energy and almost take it if you're not aware of, of what's happening take it on as your own and be triggered by that energy and really amplify that particularly um, if it's emotional energy and you're, you know, if you're a reflector and you're with a partner who has a defined emotional center, then they're going to be feeling all of these emotions, which means that you feel all of those emotions, but even more so because you're really amplifying all of that. So um, for reflectors, they, their signature theme um, is to, to feel a sense of surprise and their non-self is this sense of, of disappointment. So reflectors are really, um, they are kind of the early warning signals they're they're, they're kind of early warning systems for the for the collective they're they're almost a bit like a karmic mirror they're constantly reflecting back what's happening and they are really able to see trends and things that are kind of coming so they're very interesting very unbiased they make great judges because again they're very um very kind of open I did re forget to talk about the, the non-self and the signature of the projector. <laughs> so projectors, when they're in their non-self theme, that will be a feeling of bitterness. So projectors really strive or thrive in this state of recognition. So when they're not recognised, they feel very bitter. And when they are in alignment, it's going to be this feeling of success. They feel very successful, again, which is very tightly kind of interlaced with that feeling of recognition mm. 
Makes sense. Thank you so much. I resonate so much with my own energy type, which is that of a generator. Yeah, <laughs> Do you want to talk, talk us through the profiles and a bit about what those two numbers mean yeah. in the chart? Yeah, absolutely. And feel free to use examples from you and I or, sure. yeah, absolutely. as you go. Um, so our personality profile is essentially the two roles that we're here to play in this lifetime. And the first, it's going to be two numbers. Um, so Evie, for you, that's a six, three. I'm a three, five. And the first number is the how we see ourselves. So there, there are essentially six different archetypes, I, I guess you could call them. And the first number is typically how we see ourselves. And the second number is how other people see us. I will use you in, as an example because you are a six line. So as a six three, your profile is the role model and the, the scientist. So the line that you are typically conscious of is this role model um, role, essentially, and because that's the first line. So that's that that should be something that you can connect with, that you recognise, that um, doesn't feel too out of place. The second line, the third line, um, is your unconscious line, and this is usually something that other people will very quickly identify. Um, as being you or identify those qualities in you. So if we walk through what each of the lines are, so the the first line um, is the investigator, the second line is the natural, the third line is the scientist, the fourth line is the networker, the fifth line is the role model, sorry, sorry, the fifth line is the mentor, I should know that because that is me, and the sixth line is the role model. So then you have this combination of, of different kind of archetypes and for you as a line six so anywhere you have a six in your profile whether it's the first number or the second number the line six has three distinct life stages the first life stage is from zero to usually between 28 to 30 when you have your Saturn return and during that period a line six is actually exhibiting more of the behaviors of a line three so until you turned 30 or until you t- had your Saturn return, you were essentially a 3-3, three, three, which is a bit confusing. Um, and then in the second phase of your six-line profile, this is between age 30 and 50. It's In human design, it's called going up on the roof. And this is where as that line three, you're experimenting, you're being the scientist, you get in there, you figure out how things work you're really kind of rolling up your sleeves, um, you kind of fall down, you get back up, you try it again, you kind of try, you experiment, kind of rinse and repeat a little bit to really learn that experience from your own perspective. When you move into that second phase as the line six, you're really taking what you have learned yourself in that third line phase and then kind of observe how other people are doing things as well. And that's why we call it on the roof because you're kind of up Hi, you're looking out and you are really taking in how other people are kind of experimenting with with that knowledge or trying things and then you're kind of synthesizing it. From age 50 plus is where the sixth line comes down off the roof. Now, age 50 is around the time of your Chiron return and this is where you really step into that role model 
that true role model. You've you're you've got all of this lifetime of wisdom that you then share. And the six three profile is really interesting because it there's so much experimentation throughout life and then this real understanding of how to apply what you've learnt throughout life. You you're probably the most wise of all of the profiles because you've got this natural tendency to kind of learn it, know it, and then share it and share it from a place of being the role model and being someone as a go-to and really being, you know, a figure in your industry that has um, kind of done the time and, and got got the wisdom. So I know that for you, because this is your kind of, you've shared with me that you you know you've been through your Saturn return and it kind of makes a mm. lot of sense that you're stepping into this this um this role model capacity but you're also really understanding how people are, are kind of experimenting with the things that you've also experimented with as well so um yeah, it's a really interesting sense. yeah it's a really interesting profile being kind of a three three and then transitioning to being the six three which is where you'll be for the rest of your life but a very powerful mm. Um, profile that is full of wisdom oh so beautiful I, um, <laughs> I've always felt like I was a really wise old soul so that's really nice to hear that yes. confirmed yes. Um, but also I was just going to add a two cents here was that although I should have in theory been like a three three in those early years of my life I feel like I probably yes absolutely am an experimenter and just like get my hands steady and try it out yeah. But I think also there's a part of me that's like, I wa- I didn't do enough of that experimenting because I held myself back because mm-hmm. of my conditioning. Yeah. And so I guess that's where, and you can maybe talk to this a bit more if you want to, Kat, but where uh, my conditioning played a role in perhaps overriding my natural inclination. Yes. Um, would you agree to that? Absolutely, absolutely. Because you you have both an undefined head and an undefined Ajna center. And the Ajna um, is when you have that undefined, the the kind of the non-self theme of that is really searching for certainty and needing to feel really um, certain about things before you kind of commit and kind of feeling mm-hmm. like you don't have a, a strong kind of base to work from when it comes to um, perhaps kind of jumping into things and, and, and really wanting to feel certain before you commit to something but searching for that certainty so you probably spent a lot of time in your head and in your mind overthinking things and that stopped you from kind of really just jumping in there having having a go having a bit of fun I'm the same I have an undefined head center I do have a defined ashna but I and because I am a three five I've I've now really realized that it's, it's part of how I'm designed to kind of move through the world is to share my experiments and human design is a very big experiment, share my experiment, but then also guide people through being that, that mentor, really guide them through that process as well. So that's where I guess that, that resonance of my, my profile really hit home. I, Yes, there may have been times where I probably wasn't as, as experimental as I could have been, but I've always been happy to kind of have a go. Um, and again, same with, with conditioning, you know, in my in my childhood years, I wasn't happy to have a go. Like I was very self-conscious and very conscious of getting things wrong, didn't want to get things wrong, needed to be really certain about things. And that's because I ha- I do have a defined Ajna. I have a very fixed kind of 
set of beliefs and a fixed way of kind of thinking about things. So I had this kind of thought, well, I, I don't want people to think I'm silly if I don't get it right. And all of that kind of conditioning comes into it. So it's very possible that your conditioning, whilst it hasn't, you know, it hasn't stopped you flourishing in any way, it, it can be helpful to kind of review that with the with that lens of okay well what conditioning might be coming in here because we all have it like we we get it from our upbringing we get it from society from the collective we get it from our early jobs particularly or when we were at university and there's so many influences that we are always under and um you know conditioning will will probably always raise its raise its head but there are things that you can do to kind of move through that conditioning as well yeah, absolutely. And I like that you've also linked it back to my personal chart where I've got undefined centers mm. versus defined centers. So maybe yeah. we'll we'll dive into that. But just a quick question before we move on from profiles <laughs> is, correct me if I'm wrong here, I heard this somewhere probably on social media, yeah. that sometimes we can relate with other people who are the same energy type, like generator to generator, et cetera, because mm-hmm. we understand how their energy works. But uh, we can also relate to other people with the same profile, right? And maybe that's more of the personality type. Is that correct? Yes, 100%. So you might find mm-hmm. when you first kind of discover human design and you you as a generator meet a, a fellow generator, you might find that once you find out someone's profile and if they have the same profile as you, you feel like you've got a little bit more in common because of the way that you are designed to um you know, to be taking in information and, and, and the roles that you're here to play, essentially. So because energy type is such a broad classification, um, it's not, yeah, I mean, it, it, there will be things that resonate and things that potentially don't resonate from the get-go and that, that can be because of conditioning or it might, it might just be that, you know, there are so many, you know, particularly when it comes to generators and manifesting generators, we make up such a portion of the, the wider collective. There's so many different flavours and unique combinations of centres defined, undefined, gates defined, undefined, channels defined, undefined. There's so many nuances that come into making an energy type that it's, um, you know, you can be an emotional generator, you can be a sacral generator, you can be, again, five different types of projectors. So there's going to be so many different layers that you can be different to the person next to you. But that personality profile can give you that common ground. And um, yeah, it's really interesting to kind of swap notes with someone who has the same profile as you, especially if they don't have the same energy type, because you then get to understand how that has played out for them as well. Mm, so so fascinating so many rabbit holes that we could dive into here (laughs) shall we swing back around to the defined centers and undefined centers um yeah excellent okay when you have a center defined that will be colored in on your body graph and it doesn't matter what color it is different chart software will have different colors but it will be colored in it won't be white so if it's colored in it is defined and that means that you have um, consistent access to the energetic traits of that particular center now if the center is white then it is undefined and that means you have inconsistent access to the energetic traits of that center and you are easily Um, influenced and you're able to kind of take on the energy of the people around you who have those centers defined so again you take on that energy and you can really amplify that energy so with the defined centers 
and the combination of defined centers, that's what makes your energy type. So for you, you have a defined sacral center, but you have an undefined throat, which it's, um, sorry, you have a defined throat, but your throat is not connected to a motor center. So there are four different motor centers. Um, so yeah, the different types kind of come through that combination of different centers being defined or undefined, and then how those centers are connected and what centers they are connected to. Um, so that's what makes those five different types. And then with each, within each of those centers, we have the gates. There are 64 different gates and they can either be defined or activated or they can be undefined. And again, that means that you have either consistent access to the energetic traits of that specific gate or you have inconsistent access. And then we have the channels, which are two gates residing in different centres. And the channels are what connects the centres together and then kind of either completes your circuitry or um, you can have splits in your circuitry as well. So you might have a what we call definition, which is a single definition. That means all of your defined centres are connected. Or you might have a split definition, which is when all of your, um, where, where you have splits in your um, in your energy circuit. So you've got, um, if you've got a split definition, which is what you have, you have two different, um, kind of two different voices of your energy. You've got, with your five centres that are defined, two are connected and then three are connected. So there's these two, two kind of different circuitry systems that are working with, um, that you're working with. And that means that sometimes you might feel like you're searching for particular energy to feel kind of whole. You, you need someone to essentially complete you. And like we were talking about before, you've got what we call a narrow split um, or a small split, which means there's just one gate that is required to be defined that would make you actually a manifesting generator so you very much resonate with manifesting generator energy and it's it's typically because when you're around someone who has that gate that you're missing and they have it defined so for you it's gate five so significant other or when you're in the energy of your business if if your business or your significant other has gate five defined then your all of the, the the channels that would make you a manifesting generator are you know they're active they're all working and you and that would be why that you you know why you resonate with that energy of a manifesting generator so strongly because you have a defined throat you have quite a bit of throat definition and when that's connected through to the sacral center um that's that yeah that, that's going to make you that that manifesting generator instead of being a generator. So it doesn't mean that you are a, a manifesting generator when you're in the company of the people who complete that definition. It just means that you are um, you're feeling that energy and you're able to access that energy and it feels and that's why it feels really good to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I resonate more personally with the generator which is what I truly am right but then I think around my partner who I'm pretty sure is a manifesting generator and probably has that gate then I definitely can resonate with with the manifesting generator energy 100% so so fascinating yeah and I guess this is why it's so wonderful that we can have access to these body graphs right and that we can we can learn from it but then also 
like as I have done, get a reading done by by you or someone else yeah. where you can kind of understand it a bit more because it is so complex. Yes. But and I it's, guess it's so individual as well because yeah. when, you, when you start, it's absolutely, um, you know, it's recommended that you start with the basics so you understand your energy type, you understand how you're designed to respond, so your strategy, you understand your authority, um, you understand your signature and your non-self themes because, again, this journey is very much an experiment and it's about really understanding and tuning in and sometimes we have been, you know, going through the motions and walking through our life in such a way that it feels quite foreign to learn these things you're like oh hang on that's not how I I behave at all or that's how how I I operate in my business or that's not how I'm used to doing xyz so there can be a lot of unlearning a lot of deconditioning that we need to kind of um try to kind of work through to really connect with um with what what on paper we're, we're being told that we are but again I would I would also you know reiterate that it is an experiment. We do want to, um, to to take what really resonates and to work with that and to, if we want to dive deeper, we can then dive deeper. But you do really need to understand that the basics first before you can start to, to see how that can apply in business or to see, to really dive into, um, you know, some of the sequences that are, that are there and all of the gates and, and things like that. So understanding the basics first before you get into the meaning of the channels or the meaning of the gates is really, really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely where I started and I'm yeah, just slowly following the nudges and yes. the, um, the excitement around it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have one more question for human design? Okay, absolutely. I guess I kind of wanted to open up the conversation around purpose because I guess essentially, and this is my viewpoint on it, but human design is a wonderful way to bring about more self-awareness and to kind of have that journey within and understand yourself more um, as, as yeah. there are lots of different tools, right. But a wonderful, a wonderful tool to do that. And part of, part of that, I think then leads people down the track of like, why am I here? What's my passion and purpose and how can I use human design to kind of help me uncover that perhaps? So could you speak to that a little bit more? And yes. I believe, is it the incarnation cross that mm -hmm. is, is the right, cool, is the like the telltale sign of what that is? And yeah. could you give us, I mean, I know you shared your example, but um, yeah, would be, would be interested to know what you, what you have to say about that. Absolutely. So one of the other things that people kind of are very drawn to when they get their first chart is their incarnation cross. And the incarnation cross is the combination of the, the top four gates on your chart. So it's your conscious and unconscious sun and earth. Um, and essentially it is um, like your job description in this, in, this, in this lifetime. But if you think about a job description, it is not um, – we're not born into a job description, if that makes sense. So sometimes when you read your incarnation cross, you'll be like, oh, it resonates. Or you might be like, oh, don't really, not really understanding that description of it as well. So it is something that I guess, um, yeah, is, is like a job description. It's something that when we're kind of 
really living our design and really living our purpose, that's, that's how that will play out in this lifetime. Another way to look at purpose or that side of things is to look at, um, as it specifically relates to business, you can look at um, your just your conscious sun, which is where your life's work is connected to. So your conscious sun is that top right-hand gate that's going to appear on your chart. And this is around 70% of your um, personality. And it is very, it's a a key, you know, it's a very key gate for you. So this is is all about your life's work. So you can look at that gate as well. Um, And then you can look at some other gates that are going to show you your vocation as well. So there's different sequences that you can work through. And what I normally do in a business reading is we go through what's called the pearl sequence. And that takes into account our life's work, our vocation, culture, and then our abundance. And that kind of really helps to frame what's our life's work, how are we here to do that in terms of our vocation, and what are the what are the gifts that we really have around our vocation. And then we can look at um, the size of the size and level of society that we're designed to really thrive in. And that can give us those keys that come back to kind of quite applicable clues that we can implement in our business. So we can look at, you know, if we are in a, in a business where we're looking to run containers or programs or services, what is the right size of those groups? Like how are we really designed to, to really thrive? It's not to say you shouldn't, you know, if you're designed to run groups that are between three and 15 people, it's not to say you shouldn't do one-to-one work. It's just to really understand naturally where our energy is is going to thrive and use that that information to the best of our you know to to really help design a business that's going to to be supportive for us and then looking at what our version of prosperity is and that comes back into that uh, abundance as well and the the relationship that we have with money because from a business perspective that can really help us understand and get centered around um, money. And so I, I like to look at that pearl sequence as well as look at the incarnation cross because I kind of feel like the the pearl sequence gives us a little bit more context and a bit more to work with in terms of particularly looking at that life's work but also how that life's work and that vocation can really play out, not just looking at the, the incarnation cross. Mm, so intriguing I'm gonna to have to look up so much information <laughs> <laughs> so just with the incarnation cross and those those four numbers where can we find them on the chart so the incarnation cross are going to be on either side you've got 13 planetary influences so they're the planets and the top two on each side of that body graph is where you're going to look so the ones on the right hand side are conscious and the ones on the left hand side is what we call unconscious and it will the incarnation cross is made up of those top two gates on each side of the chart amazing thank you so much so (laughs) so fascinating is there anything else that you wanted to add about human design specifically um I just hmm. There are so many levels. There are so many ways that this system can help. It's not just for business. It's not just for personal. It's it, You can look at relationships. You can look at how you're designed to manifest, how you're designed to um, to, to, to feed yourself, to, 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 you know, take in nutrition. 
um, what environments you're suited to to kind of really living and working in as well. So there's so many different levels that you can really kind of start to to dive into, which which makes it very multi-purpose. Like there's there's almost no, there, there's almost you know a myriad ways that you can use the system to to help you in in almost all aspects of your of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, so fascinating. And aside from reaching out for a reading, have you got any other specific resources or things that people could use to do a little bit of learning themselves? Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a Facebook group and in that Facebook group, I've got a series, like a three-day training series that people can take themselves through. Um, so that is available from my website. You, you sign up and then you'll get an email kind of every day with the link back to the video in that group. Nice. So that's a good way to start to learn the basics, but also to start to learn how to apply that information in a business sense, because a lot of people are like, oh, that's great. I know my I know my energy type and I'm kind of cool with that, but how does that then play out in a business sense? And when I'm working in my business or I'm working in another business with my team or a team. Um, so that's a great free resource with that three three day training. Yeah, highly recommend. Um, and then obviously <laughs> thank you. Um, and then obviously you get the the, the group to kind of hang out in and um, be supported by as well. And then there's readings and then, you know, further programs. If you really got, want to go a bit deeper, yeah. um, then there's there's other options to, to explore as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And we'll link to all of those in the show notes. Highly recommend that training series. So, so good. So let's shift gears slightly here. And I'm going to ask you a few more rapid fire questions. Uh, what does inner confidence mean to you? I feel it's being comfortable in your in your skin. I have often felt uncomfortable and now that I know my human design, not to keep relating it back to human design, I, I know why that is now. So I think inner confidence is really... For me, that's always been a tricky one because I have an undefined identity centre. So I'm different people for different situations and in different environments. But now that I understand that, I know that that's also a strength of mine. So for me, inner confidence has really come through really understanding myself on a much deeper level. Yeah, beautiful. What's one thing your inner critic used to tell you all of the time that you can now see is just total BS? that even though I'm able to pick up things really quickly, I I don't need to listen to the imposter syndrome. So again, very manifesting generator trait, pick things up quickly, really want to share them, really want to, you know, teach people what I'm learning. That's, you know, it's, it's all through my design that that's how I'm supposed to, to operate. So I need to really kind of shut down the imposter syndrome. It's very common for for manifesting generators to feel imposterish and to feel like, oh, I've only been doing this for X, Y, Z time. Who am I to kind of share my knowledge and who am I to do this? But now I, yeah, I just, I, I really kind of step into that energy and go, that's just imposter syndrome and it's, mm. it's totally fine, but it can, it can go now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thank goodness for that, hey. Yeah, totally. And um, what's one piece of advice you'd tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self that hmm, 
<laughs> get out there and try more things. Don't be so worried about what people might think or what they're thinking of you because they are not. <laughs> they are thinking of themselves and don't let that hold you back from having experiences that will bring you joy. Don't don't be afraid to try things because you don't want to be seen to be failing. Um, it's much more important to try and to try to fail try and to fail than to to not have tried at all. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And lastly, if there was one thing, one message or one piece of wisdom that you'd like to impart with the world and the lives that you've touched, what would it be? That it's all there within you and self-trust and really understanding yourself at that deeper level will, will bring you so much joy, enlightenment, um yeah it really is a gift to to be able to understand the good bits the bad bits and all the bits in between because that's what's mm. going to make your life um much more rich and full and a life that you want that you look back on and are, are proud of and i think that's what we all ultimately want to look back yeah. and to be proud of the legacy or proud of the people that we've been able to help and yeah, share our gifts with. Hundred mm, percent, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So good. Thank you so much, Kat. This has just been the best. I'm just like fizzing off all things human design, <laughs> and I'm like, you. I want to look up this and this and this. <laughs> Thank you but, for listening to me ramble on. <laughs> oh, not at all. You have so much wisdom to share. Hey, um, before we go, though, can you tell us where the listeners can find you? I know there's that beautiful Facebook group, um, which we can link to in the show notes, but where else would you hang out? I'm most active on, so outside of Facebook, on Instagram at cat.scriner, which is S-K-R-E-I-N-E-R, and my website is catscriner.com. Amazing. Definitely go check that out, guys. Is there any last parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share with us today, Kat? I think if, yeah, if human design is speaking to you and the information here is really kind of interesting, then yeah, just follow that little pull, that little nudge. It's very common to be a little bit mind blown. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating system and it can, um, provide you with so much yeah on many different levels yeah absolutely so good so good thank you so so much for sharing your wisdom your heart and your beautiful energy with us Kat it's just been such a joy I've loved this and yeah thank you thank you so much for having me wasn't that epic for all of the details and things we talked about in today's show, you can check them out in the show notes and that's over at evelynkelly.co.nz forward slash podcast. And if you can think of anyone who would really benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. And while you're there, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a five-star review in iTunes so that we can get this podcast out to even more humans and create a ripple effect throughout the world. 